This podcast is brought to you by Mapper Forward's new Patreon community, the Global Coffee Think Tank. Check the show notes or head to patreon.com forward slash Mapper Forward to find out how you can become a member today. Welcome to the Daily Coffee Pro by Map It Forward, friends. I am joined by the fabulous Judy Gaines from J Gaines Consulting. We are talking coffee pricing and coffee supply. And before we get started, if you uh, haven't checked out Judy's LinkedIn, check it out. Also, Judy, tell us about your mailing list. Okay, so I spend most of my time publishing subscription-based reports. I have a coffee weekly, coffee in-depth report. I actually do five titles, but the others are combination of covering the other soft commodities. Mm-hmm. And so that that's my income. That's what keeps the lights on is selling the reports. And how do people get access to it? Oh, you can go to my website. and I Link provide- in the show notes. Yep. And so jgamesconsulting.com mm-hmm. and I could always send samples. And so I publish a coffee weekly and in-depth report. And I try to, same way as I'm talking to you right now, in the report, I try and create the story and make it understandable for people to be able to relate and not be lost as I go through my thread of fundamentals. And I always have graphs and tables and always available to anyone to also answer any questions about the reports. And, and it, it ties color. in quite well with, with Taka insights, right? Like this, well, the data that's in Taka. So Taka is big data. Mm-hmm. So, you know, 1200 weather stations mapped in Brazil. And so what I'm doing is helping to create this dashboard with all these insights on Taka and a um, prediction model based on that, predicting the Brazilian crop for the year forward before it ever flowered. And so it's amazing some things that we're doing with huge data. Um, But that's just the dashboard and the indicators, whereas my reports kind of weave the fundamental story and you could read and understand it and the titles align with everything that I'm saying. So you could do like the the snappy read through and then go back to it. Yeah, great. Who in the coffee industry, uh, on the consuming end of the coffee industry, who are the kinds of people that would get benefits from signing up to this uh, subscription? No, anyone. I mean, straight through the, the value chain. Because everybody needs education and learning and knowledge Mm -hmm. and an unbiased source. Yeah, you don't have a a pony in this race, which is is why I love getting information and having conversations with you about this stuff because you're not skewing it uh, one way or the other. You're just talking about the data. I'm just telling you my numbers and and what I see. And, you know, I've been around the block a few too many times here. And therefore, <laughs> and therefore, something like talking about, you know, in 1997, well, you know, I've input the certified stock data daily since yeah. then, right? Yeah. You know, I mean, or the Green Coffee Association stocks or the ICO stocks. And, you know, I have my yeah. little stock calculator for all these penalties and so I have this, you know, tremendous database and that's what I use to craft my reports. So 
This, as you mentioned in the previous episode and in the previous episodes, we are in quite a unique uh, scenario. It hasn't happened very often before uh, where we're at. Add to that, we are in, as a globe, a very interesting time uh, that are influencing all different parts of the supply chain. On the consuming end of the supply chain, labour shortages, inflation, uh, geopolitics, a whole bunch of stuff is going to impact how the consuming end of the supply chain is going to have to be reshaped or will reshape itself over the next decade. And we are really at the beginning of that. We've been warning about it for about 18 months at least on this podcast. Uh, And now we're starting to see businesses close everywhere. We are starting to see producers talk about the fact that they can't move their coffee, uh, which is very interesting. And something that I want to talk to you about is this difference between um, the, the, the market in on what we call commercial coffee and the shift that that's made versus the difference in the shift that specialty has made and how they have given the changes that are happening across the supply chain the the impact that that's going to have coupled with and i have phrased this really badly and i really apologize but There is a lot of changes happening right now that are going to impact the commercial market as well as the specialty market. And a lot of those things are from a geopolitical and economic perspective. Do you have any thoughts on how that might end up shaping out over the next couple of years? Sure. But let's sort of retrace a little bit because that's what I do best is go through the whole history. And Uh when I look at you know, I try and take the, the forest from the trees and take a step yeah. back, and see where the industry has come from and where is it going. And what I point out is that producers sell coffee in bags mm-hmm. and the industry sells equipment. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. And the industry innovates to make it better for roasters and to protect their margins and try and get customers to buy the equipment and to buy the coffee that goes along with it. So we've had, you know, there's always new consumer side equipment and it's why retail stores are always innovating on types of beverages also and now more customization and the ability to do that. And so we've went from kind of like the coffee drip market to having, you know, in offices, the Bonomatic with 10 cups. And, you know, when I was on Wall Street, that's what it was. Mm-hmm. And go into the kitchen and that pot of, you know, coffee was sitting there. And someone might have made it five minutes before, but no doubt you would dump it down the sink and say, I'm going to make everybody fresh pot of coffee right and so the kitchen sink was a huge consumer and that was incredible for producers Mm -hmm. but then the industry started using single serve and Mm -hmm. pods and k-cups and capsules and smaller equipment 
And that took away a lot of the waste. Mm-hmm. And that hurts consumption more than anything else. And so while specialty is thriving and everybody is possibly drinking more stomach shares of coffee, the waste has kind of offset that. And when you look at generationally, you know, my parents had always a pot of coffee on the stove, percolator, okay, the old fashioned mm. percolator, okay? Yep. And then there was always a cup of coffee sitting on the table. Maybe it was consumed, maybe it wasn't, but it was poured at least six, seven times a day. Yeah. Easy. And yeah. then the rest was poured out. And so generationally, the older generation consumed far more coffee than the younger generation. So you need that many more drinkers to make up for some of the loss in the waste. Mm-hmm. And the traditional methods of brewing coffee. And so as much as the industry has made coffee on everybody's lips and everyone talks about coffee and the love of coffee, there's this other underbelly, the side to it, that actually hurts demand as much as it helps demand and makes coffee popular. So there's been a shift. There's been a swing from the fast, easy to consume kind of coffee to people being more conscious of how much they're wasting and what they're consuming and how they consume it. Well, it, it becomes easier. So it's it's a convenience factor. You're right. not wasting. It's simpler to just make coffee now. Yeah. And therefore one would hope that people are drinking more coffee. But if you were making a 10 pot of coffee before and throwing eight cups out versus you drinking three cups, then which is better for consumption. Yep. From producer standpoint, it's the bags from a roaster perspective. It's having you, you know, on specialty side, drink some, you know, that coffee, mm-hmm. especially if you're willing to pay a higher price for it. Right. Right. And so in this current, very interesting position that our industry is in, where do we go as people focus more on sustainability and more on reducing waste? Especially as as we were talking about before with regards to geopolitics and you've got producers paying more for imports to produce that same quantity of coffee right. that they would have produced before. Where do we go over the next couple of years with this? Well, just remember having smaller appliances mm-hmm. doesn't make it sustainable for producers. You know, having less waste of coffee or waste less water, okay, is maybe okay for the environment because you have the packaging and the carbon surrounding the manufacturing of it, but it's not sustainable for a producer. Because we're using less coffee, essentially. That's correct, yeah. So that's a good thing though, right? Like it's better that we are wasting less coffee. We've just got to increase the number of people who are drinking it. 
but that that's a much harder thing to do. Right. I, <laughs> so, I, so it's not, I, so it's a shame. It's 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 travesty that a producer who, in his mind, is picturing someone you know maybe an executive or young people drinking coffee and loving the work that they put in. And it's a shame to see that just being down the sink, but at the end of the day was putting money on their table. Right. What's they want to sell more coffee. Right. Um, do you think producers think about it that way? They just thinking no, about how do I move no. more coffee? That's right. correct. You know, so, but there's a side that I'm sitting here saying, wow, you know, if a producer really knew that's where their coffee is ending up, you know. I don't know they'd be happy about that, though. Yeah, it's it's a tough one. It's a challenge. They work so yeah. hard to produce this quality coffee, and then all of a sudden, some of it was going down the drain. Far less so now than it used to be. But there's another trend. Look at cold brew. Mm. The extraction rates now on cold brew are tremendous, and cold brew is really, really picking up tremendously. Right. And how is that good for producers then? It's great for roasters. Right. But when it comes to producers and you have higher extraction rates, then you need less coffee. What I think is also interesting about that is the role that inflation's playing is going to continue to play on people's sensitivity to waste. So people are going to want to make sure not only that they uh, pay a fair price, well, within their budget for the amount of coffee that they're, they're buying, uh, that they use everything they can. Right. They're not going to let all of that coffee go to waste. And I, I no, wonder, especially fair priced coffee. Well, I wonder if it's not all coffee. Well, but but yes, especially higher priced coffee. So do we think that? Well, what role is economics going to play on the consume the relationship between the consumer and the producer? Do you think? Well, you know it's tricky because there's two sides to this. One is that if people aren't indulging on more expensive things, maybe they're just not willing to give up on their coffee. Right, and that it's an affordable luxury, is, right? It's, a, it's an absolute affordable luxury. And people, coffee drinking is habitual and they're going to still drink the two cups or three cups a day, especially if the caffeine is the driver for you. Right. It's really not going to change that and substitute tea for it or hot chocolate. I mean, right. it's just, you know, the, the coffee drinker isn't going to do that. Mm. And so I don't really see where the consumer, as far as stomach shares are concerned, is going to cut back. Maybe they'll say, you know what, I'm not going to pay $20 a bag for this coffee and I'm going to try something else that's $16 a bag. But they're still going to consume the same amount of coffee. They're just going to maybe look to um, experiment. Shifting their buying. Shifting their buying and therefore... It hurts at the higher, you know, some of the higher end. Um, but from the consumption side, there isn't going to be that much change. 
So I don't see suddenly consumption falling. Where you see it being hurt is on food service. So what happens is in restaurants, if if restaurants are trying to economize, you're going to look for every single way to save nickels and, you know, and pennies. And they might not give a free second cup. They might not put the coffee pot on the table, but pour. And therefore that hurts consumption. Which hurts for juices. Again, it goes back to trying not to waste as much, or they might not do the free top off. Or in cafes, if they have such pressure from rent going up and wages going up and every other ingredient going up and they might not want to pass that on to consumers, they might shrink their cups a little bit Mm. and buy a 10 ounce cup instead of the 12. It's all happening. That's exactly what's going on. And so that hurt in the end, it's always the producer that's hurt from that, from all these small actions. Wow. Uh, would you say that the producer and the consumer need to get more aware of each other's positions? Or do you think that the economic pressure that is placed on both of them right now is going to distract them? from the sensitivity to each other? No, because I really think that at the end of the day, the coffee industry and the reason why we love the industry so much is because it is a very socially aware, a very, very in-tuned industry compared Mm. to many others. And I think that that doesn't go away. And I don't think that Many of the companies are, who are heavily invested in helping producers are going to say, well, I can't afford to do this anymore, and I'm going to cut back and scale back on these programs. I don't think and they're going to turn their back on that because that's part of their credo. That's what makes some of the companies who they are and why consumers buy from them because they have that social sector and mm. drive. And so I think that people, have, you know, companies have to be very mindful of that. And I don't think they're going to do anything that's going to jeopardize their reputation. Yeah. It'll be interesting to see or at least how that, uh, that yeah. and that was my, my point. I hope it doesn't, but it'll be interesting to see what role human nature plays in that. Now, Judy, we've got one episode left of this series. Let's go and uh, have that conversation. Okay. Peace, love, and peanut butter, everybody. Have an amazing rest of your day. Thanks for tuning in, folks. The best way that you can support this podcast is to join us on Patreon at patreon.com forward slash map it forward. 
There, you can become a part of our community, the Global Coffee Think Tank, for as little as $3 a month. That's a total of $36 a year. We have a lot of big ideas for this community, so I really hope that you'll join in. This podcast is produced by Maple Forward, and the song you're currently listening to is called Run 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 off of my album Laundry After Midnight, which is produced by Evolutionary Theory. You can check the show notes for links. For more content from Map It Forward, consider joining our mailing list at mapitforward.org forward slash mailing list.